Hello, everybody. This is Pastor Joe of Word of Prayer Cultural Center in Largo, Maryland. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to our podcast. It is my prayer that you are both blessed and enriched by what you hear. Feel free to share with friends and family, and also feel free to follow us on our social media outlets, Facebook and Instagram. Our social media handle is at Wopsy, W-O-P-C-C. Visit us online at wopsy.church. God bless and happy listening. Amen. Somebody shout amen. Amen. It is so. It is so. Hallelujah. All right. So second week of the month of October as far as Sundays are concerned. And also second week of our brand new series called what y'all? Fruition. All right. Fruition part two. Fruition part two. Go ahead and get your notebooks out or whatever it is that you're using to take notes because I know you're taking notes. Indeed, uh, this series is noteworthy. Amen. Amen. So fruition, F-R-U-I-T-I-O-N part two. Amen. Bless God. So. Uh, In part one, we laid the what? We laid the foundation, right? Uh, We were challenged concerning the idea of fruition and what we may have historically thought or known it to mean. We learned or we were reminded that true fruition has little to do with what we desire, but it's all about what he desires. Amen? And in that, the focus of fruition is not centered around what we want to come to pass. Everybody with me? Quick recap. But the word fruition literally is about bearing fruit. So this idea, you all, is not birthed out of the actualization of a desire, however, the confirmation of a decision. Y'all remember that? Yeah, remember, somebody say, I have decided to follow Jesus. And so what we said last week is that fruition replies, prove it. Fruition responds, how? What does that look like? Fruition makes a request, and that is, show me, okay? Uh, And so let's take a look at the Gospel of John 15, 1 through 8. We lifted that up on last week. We're going to lift it up again in the New King James Version. That's John 15, 1 through 8 in the New King James Version. Anybody know that the branch is in the vine and the vine is in the branch? (laughs) Verse 1 says this, I am the true vine. Somebody say true vine. Okay, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. Okay, so it's either going to be taken away or it's going to be pruned. But it's going to be addressed. That it may bear more fruit, okay? 
You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. Verse 5 goes on to say, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you. You will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. Little fruit? Some fruit? Fruit-ish? <laughs> much fruit, so you will be my disciples. And so Bishop taught us a long time ago about something called reciprocal indwelling. And he taught us that the branch is in the vine, and the vine is what, y'all? In the branch, all right? He said, listen, the branch is not, you know, beside the vine. It's not around the vine. It's not under the vine. The branch is literally in the vine, and the vine is in the branch, Okay. The branch is in the vine, the vine is in the branch, and if you tear the branch away from the vine, it will surely die, okay? Psalm 1, blessed is the man, the woman, the wopsy partner, the believer who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, mm-hmm, walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. It reminds me of how we operate by a different system. Literally, no matter who is in office, they're not my counselor. Amen? Uh-huh. I have a wonderful counselor, and I will abide by the rules of the land, but at the end of the day, I will not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor will I stand in the path of sinners, nor Sit in the seat of the scornful. Two says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law does he meditate day and night. If it's not day, it's what, y'all? If it's not night, it's what, y'all? That means all the time, all right? And in his law, he meditates all the time. He shall be like a tree planted. Anybody want to be planted? Anybody tired of being tossed to and fro by the winds and the waves? Planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Amen? Those are two key scriptures to have for this series. Make sure you write them down. Uh, again, uh, you want to have this scripture in John 15, 1 through 8. And you will also want to have Psalm 1, okay? The fruit is connected to the root. The fruit is connected to the root. Somebody say fruition. 
So we define this word as the point at which a plan or project is realized, the state or action of producing fruit. And we broke down the word. We had a little English lesson, and we saw that the root word of the word fruition is what? Is fruit. You literally can't spell the word fruition without spelling fruit, okay? So we spent a lot of time last week on the state or action of producing fruit, but there is another definition that comes first, and it says the point at which a plan or project is realized. And, y'all, I just believe that we are in a time where a lot of plans and projects are needing to be realized, you know? We, we love to talk about, you know, the work in progress, and that's good, but I believe in this season, God wants to show forth what the progression equals out to, you know? He, he wants to show forth the other side of progress. We need to realize some stuff in this season. The world needs to see that, okay? And so Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Now, remember I told you that the word is a what? It's a seed. Mm -hmm. The word is a what? It's a seed, okay? Now, watch this. Anything with a seed is a fruit. I'm going to say it again. Anything with a seed is a fruit. That's right. This, this is a botany, a botany lesson here. Listen. We're getting all kind of lessons. And so we're talking food groups, right? Anything, any, any, any food with a seed is a fruit, all right? Even if you might think that it would be classified as a vegetable, if it has a seed, it's a fruit. Squash, fruit. <laughs> and so you cannot have fruit without having a seed, all right? What's the seed? The word, right? Mm -hmm. According to my research, the seeds hidden inside of each fruit have everything they need to grow into a new plant and ensure the survival of the plant species. Okay, I'm, I will. So the seeds hidden inside of each fruit Everything, everything you need is in the seed. <laughs> Have everything they need to grow. Uh-huh. A new believer and ensure the survival. Sorry. Listen, a new plant and ensure the survival of the plant species. Okay? And so what I did was I took a look at that in the spiritual realm. And so as is the word to the believer the word, if we take that same definition and just sub out seed for word and, and, and fruit for believer, the word hidden inside of each believer, come on somebody, has everything they need to grow a new believer and ensure the survival of the species of believers. Come on somebody. <laughs> if you don't have the seed in you, if you're not bearing fruit, the believer buck stops with you. 
But if you have seed inside of you, and if you are bearing fruit, then now we have discipleship. Now we have replication. Now we can make believers. Now we can add to the kingdom. Just as human life is dependent upon the reproduction and the sowing of the Father's seed. Our Heavenly Father has provided us with seed to be sown to bear spiritual fruit in a way that results in what was produced in you being able to be reproduced in somebody else and the kingdom lives on. Come on, somebody. Yes, Lord, this, this, this is the essence of kingdom. This is not something that God has sent me to encourage you toward. It's something that is a must. It's something that is a mandate. We need to take our positions, and we need to bear fruit. We need, as messengers, to bear fruit of the message. The problem is, a lot of us are walking around wearing the label of Christian, but bearing no fruit. Man, can you believe or how would you feel if you pulled up to a store and it was advertised that they had something available that wasn't really inside? Hmm? How would you feel about that? Yeah, the problem is a lot of us are walking around wearing the label of Christian but bearing no fruit, quoting scripture, but no fruit. Serving in ministry, but no fruit. Giving of our time, our talents, our tithes, but no fruit. Being a social media shepherd. <laughs> Y'all know those? Ain't bit more walking in that five-fold ministry gift, but I tell you, they got a church. You got followers, but do you have fruit? Because, see, we can dance and shout and twirl all about, but that's no match to the way that sometimes we can dance around the fact that we have no fruit. We can no longer be the faces of a product that we don't use or use properly. Somebody say false advertisement. They don't need to see your dance. They need to see your discipline. They don't need to see your post as much as they need to see your prayers. They don't need to see your fellowship as much as they need to see your follow through. Yeah? We have got to stop inviting people to a table for which they will taste and see something other than the goodness of the Lord and his loving kindness and his tender mercies and his truth and his power and his unadulterated word. Straight, no chaser, not mixed with a little this and a splash of that. And without the seed, we can't meet the kingdom need. We all have our needs or things that we deem as needs. 
And if we're not careful, our lives can be about running after our needs. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, we all We all have needs or things that we classify as needs. And if we're not careful, our whole entire existence will be all about running toward the fulfillment of our needs. But when that happens, what about God? What about kingdom? What about what he puts you here for? Yeah? Okay. And God needs you not just to know it, but to sow it. Remember, they don't need to know that fruition is your confession. They need to know that it's your condition. People need to see what the word looks like. They can read it, but they need to see it in action. Research tells me this. There are no fruit, or there is no fruit without seeds. If there were no seeds in fruit, no source of reproduction would be there. There cannot be any fruit without any seeds. This is research. So then I started thinking about it. I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I know some fruit without seeds. Anybody ever experienced that? Hold on now. What, what, about the, what about the fruit that I ate last week that didn't have no seeds in it? Mm-hmm. And then I found out that those were genetically modified. <laughs> uh-huh. I forgot to warn you, this ain't a preachy one. But it's solid. It's good. What if I told you that a lot of us as believers are spiritually modified. Mm-hmm. You know, the science of religion and ritual and rules, man-made, and false doctrine and denominationalism and legalism have modified the truth of the word for so many years that we have groups upon groups of Christians being representatives of false fruit. You know, they look real good, but don't you dare bite into their lives. Listen, just stay, listen, I know, just walk on past. They look good, but if you bite, if you bite into them, you might break your teeth. Because it's, 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 not, it's not real. Living under the name and idea of fruit but bearing no seed. This means that somewhere along the way, oftentimes you'll find that somebody tried to crossbreed. Mm-hmm. Somebody tried to, tried to take something and base it off of the word. And so maybe if we take what God said and put a little bit of how I feel, then we can start this denomination. Huh? Y'all know I don't care, right? Okay. Amen. Crossbreed. Crossbreed means to produce a new animal or plant, also known as to hybridize. 
And so all these years later, the Christian has become a total different animal. We got lime quats everywhere. Plum quats, tangelos. God didn't make that. <laughs> huh? But listen, y'all, in all seriousness, the sad thing is some of the most popular fruits are genetically modified. And I mean that naturally and spiritually. Some of your favorites that you go into the grocery store to pick off are genetically modified. Some of your favorites that you watch on YouTube, come on, somebody. Some of your favorites that you might have seen on TBN or the Word Network. Some of your favorites that you love to repost. What if I told you that they are spiritually modified? Just because they're popular. Strange fruit. And so the word of the Lord is, and, and I've heard it, and it's been confirmed during this year that the word of the Lord is that he's about to change the face of fruit, you know? That, 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 that no longer are those who have necessarily been the representation will be the representation because we don't have time for that. Jesus is coming back and people need to taste and see that the Lord is good, that he really is who he said he is, that he really can do what he says he can do, and that your life really can be transformed by the seed of his word. The seed can meet your need, and the people need to see that. And so in that, what he said is that there's a pruning. There's a pruning. Isaiah 18, 5. Let's look at that real quick. Isaiah 18.5. Hallelujah. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Father. Isaiah 18.5. For before the harvest, as soon as the bud blossoms and the flower becomes a ripening grape, he, then he, will cut off the sprigs with pruning knives. <laughs> Woo, it's just pruning knives, y'all. And remove and cut away the spreading branches. Listen, behold, God is doing a new thing, y'all. I, I really believe it. I, I know it. He's doing a new thing. Listen, this is a new season. This, this is a time in our world that, that literally we have never seen anything like it. And, and Joel 2.28 says this, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. Listen, Acts 2.17 says it too, And it shall come to pass in these last days. Come on, somebody. Saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams 
The time is now. And you shall be a part of the new thing. Yeah, I'm speaking to you. are going to be a part of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, I, I know that a lot of times in this season when it comes to sports, we like to get into fantasy, but no more fantasy faith. This is not fantasy faith season. We are no longer manipulating and making uh, plays with our imaginations. The fourth quarter of 2020, it's time to really actually physically get in the game. How about that? I declare a fruition grace upon your life. I declare that you are an MVP in the spirit. You are one of God's most valuable partners. Come on, somebody. Now, now listen, 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 listen. <laughs> you're getting ready to land in some end zones that you only dreamed about prior. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because once you play your position, the kingdom score is about to change. Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the whole game has been waiting on you to get into position. That's why the play hasn't been called. That's why the touch. Listen, the kingdom score is about to change. But you have to get off the bench. Coach is calling you in. <laughs> I don't care if you rode the bench all your life. Coach is calling you in. In this season, in this quarter, it's time to get in the game. And so there is a purpose. There is a plan. Jeremiah 29, 11 is real, but it can only be realized with your cooperation. Mm -hmm. It's not just going to happen. And so you need to ask yourself, am I working with the plan or am I working against the plan? That's a real question that you need to ask yourself. Okay, God has a plan for me. Great. I understand that. I know that. But now, as far as me, am I working with the plan or am I really working against the plan? Yeah? You will know them by their fruit. Real quick, I want to look at Galatians 5. Y'all knew that was coming eventually. It's Galatians 5. Okay. And I want to, um, I want to do a little reading, and I'm going to lift it up in the New Living Translation. It says this, so Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. Once I bring you in the game, don't you go run back to the bench. Listen, I, Paul, tell you this, if you are uh, counting on circumcision to make you right with God, then Christ will be of no benefit to you. I'll say it again, if you're trying to find favor with God by being circumcised, you must obey every regulation in the whole law of Moses, mm -hmm. all the 613. For if you're trying to make yourselves right with God by keeping the law, you have been cut off from Christ. You have fallen away from God's grace. But we who live by the Spirit eagerly wait to receive by faith the righteousness God has promised to us. For when we place our faith in Christ Jesus, there is no benefit in being circumcised or being uncircumcised. What is important is faith expressing itself, expressing itself, expressing itself, expressing itself in love. 
You are running the race so well. Who has held you back from following the truth? And this is a good question to ask yourself. Mm -hmm. Remember how I talked about how well we were doing when we were new Christians and when we were green and when we were excited and when we couldn't wait to, to get into somebody's Bible study? You were running the race so well. Who has held you back from following the truth? It certainly isn't God, because that would be the first one we like to point to. For he is the one who called you to freedom. This false teaching is like a little yeast that spreads through the whole batch of dough, that spreads through the whole denomination. I am trusting the Lord to keep you from believing false teachings. God will judge that person, whoever he is, who has been confusing you by that hybrid type of teaching, that crossbred type of faith, in quotations, that spiritually modified fruit. 11 says, dear brothers and sisters, if I were still preaching that you must be circumcised, as some say I do, why am I still being persecuted? If I were no longer preaching salvation through the cross of Christ, no one would be offended. I just wish that those troublemakers who want uh, to maltate you by circumcision would maltate themselves. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. And I believe that that's how the hybrids start. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love, for the whole law can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. 16, so I say, let Holy Spirit guide your lives then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. 22, but the Holy Spirit. Come on, let's see what the Holy Spirit produces, okay? But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, mm -hmm. joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. You can't have too much of them. 
Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Mm-hmm. They didn't nail them there like one of them, you know, stick pen notes and then take the pen out and take it with them when they want to. No, no, no. They didn't just nail and crucified them. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Amen? And so we learn in WOPBI about how the gifts are for power, but the fruit are for character. Okay? And so, again, I believe that in this time, have you ever seen somebody who can, you know, sing the house down, say that they are some gospel star, and they can go out there and do their thing, but don't meet them afterward? backstage, just as rude as they can be, right? Okay, okay, let's think about somebody who is, is preaching the house down. I mean, I mean, everybody, and, and, and you often wonder, how could, I have, how, could, how could he preach the house down, but then we find out that he's living messily? It's because they're gifted. The gift is without repentance. Listen, they're gifted, and the power they have power in their gift. It's free. They don't have to do nothing for that. They can wake up in the morning, go out there and sink the house down. They can wake up in the morning and go out there and preach the house down. The gift is for power, but the fruit is for character. And so this is what God said to me. God is not looking for the gifted. He's looking for the fruitful. Amen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No longer. Listen, we've seen gifted. I, I don't want to say we're over-gifted. We're not over-gifted, but, but we've seen a lot of that. Where, oh, where is the fruit? Where, oh, where is the character? Where, oh, where? And so, will you be the one? Will you be the one who will say, you know what, I, I have a gift, but that's not enough. Honestly, I, I could come here Sunday after Sunday because I'm gifted at what I do. And I, I can come out here and, and I could preach and I could teach and I could go home and live like trash. I could. There are preachers who do it all the time. Trust me. Yeah. So God is saying, I know you're gifted, but that's not enough. The gift is supposed to draw. You're not gifted to be gifted. You're not gifted to get accolades. You're not gifted to sell out crowds in your name. You're not gifted to increase your engagement on social media. 
I told you that it's not about analytics, it's about anointing. And so you're gifted, but that's good. If I came in here and preached my head off every Sunday, that wouldn't make me a good pastor. Yeah? And we've got to stop confusing this thing. What does your character look like? When you get off of the platform, when the pressure comes and you get squeezed, I'm, I'm not trying to go ahead of myself in this series, but when the pressure comes and you get squeezed, what comes out of you? When the pressing comes, when the crushing comes, my Lord Jesus, then what remains? Because guess what? A gift don't mean nothing then. But if you have fruit, even when you're crushed, <laughs> you turn into something that can be consumed. When you have fruits, oh man, y'all making me mad because this ain't supposed to be till part three. But when you have fruit, when you are crushed in an old season, you can get new wine. When you have fruit, you start to kind of embrace the crushing. Because that means that God has, going, has gone from growing me to showing me. He was growing me on the grapevine, but now the world can drink of me and taste him. Somebody ought to praise him right where you are. Come on, your crushing is necessary. Your crushing is necessary. Listen, God's about to make a Holy Ghost fruit punch out of your life. You ought to give him some glory so that people in your neighborhood, so that people on your job, so that people in your family can taste and see that the Lord is good. God, 
ain't getting no glory out of everything being all right in your life. God gets glory when the crushing comes and when we get to see what remains. When the crushing comes and the fruit just becomes fruit juice. It's the same thing, it's just a little more palatable. <laughs> Jesus! Jesus! Come in the room, oh God! Come into our hearts, oh God! We need you now, Jesus! We embrace what you're doing in this season! We embrace the test so that we can see the testimony! Elohim, we call on you. Jehovah Sabbath, we call on you. El Elyon, we call on you. We give you glory. We give you glory. We give you glory. you about Isaiah 29 13 it says this it says wherefore the Lord said for as much as these people draw near me with their mouth and with their lips do honor me but have removed their heart far from me and their fear toward me is taught by the precept of men the NLT says and so the Lord says these people say they are mine they honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And their worship of me is nothing but man-made rules learned by rote. If we look at it in the message, it says, The master said these people make a big show of saying the right thing, but their hearts aren't in it. These people make a big show of saying the right thing, but their hearts aren't in it. Because they act like they're worshiping me, but don't mean it. God, we thank you for the gifts for power. But in this season, 
we thank you for the fruit for character the world will only know the character of you by the character of us by the character of your people and so father we just want to be the place where your glory dwells <laughs> we want to be the people where your presence dwells somebody say that we want to be the place where your glory dwells we want to be the people where your presence dwells Ooh, 